good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fresh Frozen Southerner podcast. My name is Jay. I hope all is well. And today I'd like to talk to you about something that's going on on a couple of college campuses around around our great nation that I just find very funny. Uh, the irony of the, the whole story kind of gives me a chuckle, and I kind of feel a little differently about it than you might initially assume based on the beliefs that, well, if you listen to my beliefs, you probably won't be too surprised about it because I try to be very consistent in the things I believe. But the issue I'm talking about is on Harvard, and I believe there's also a little bit of backlash at Columbia, which, you know, surprise, surprise, Columbia is sticking their toes into this mess. But I'm sure you've all heard the story that after the Hamas attacks in Israel, uh, a Palestinian organization on the campus of Harvard put out a letter condemning Israel and blaming them for all of the violence and the attacks that are going on. Um, I believe the exact wording of it was, uh, we hold Israel completely responsible for all violence in the region. I'm not sure how you think that justifies you know, kidnapping and murdering civilians and parading the naked bodies of dead young women through the streets while everybody cheers and spits on the body. You can make moral equivalents up to a certain point, but then there's a line that you cross that you can't, even if you were just in the beginning, there's no reason to do what you're doing right now. I feel like that falls firmly into that category. But of course, the progressive left does not view things through a logical lens. So you had a lot of students on campus, and I don't know the exact number. I, th- I think it was about 100, and I could be way off, so don't, so don't at me if I'm way off on that number. But a lot of students at Harvard and some at Columbia have signed on to this letter. And, you know, you can feel however you want. I don't care about that. But in the real world, there are consequences to the things that you do. And one of the backlashes from this letter and all these students signing this ridiculous declaration that Israel's responsible for Hamas sneak attacking them is that a lot of the donors to Harvard began to pull their gratuities. I'm not sure what you call the the annual donation to a college, Uh, but a lot of the donors decided that, you know, if that's the way you feel, we're not giving you our money anymore. Not that Harvard needs it. I think Harvard's endowment is about 60 billion at this point. You know, they could they could let their students attend for free from now until the end of time, and they'd never run out of money. Literally, they could just continue to operate just off the interest of the money that they have in the bank. But of course, that would mean they couldn't charge students hundreds of thousands of dollars to attend Harvard. And while you're contemplating that fact, please remember that the liberal elites, they hate, or they claim to hate rich people. But anyway... Once their donors started to dry up, Harvard started to uh, try to spin the situation, try to backpedal on that, do a little bit of damage control. But things got really interesting when a number of very high-profile law firms began asking questions as to the names of the students that were on this petition. And a few students, when it was discovered that they had signed on to this petition or declaration, whatever you wanted to call it, they had had job offers from several law firms, very big, prestigious law firms. Of course, if you're going to Harvard Law, you're going to be headhunted by some of the larger law firms in the country. Uh, but they had job offers that got rescinded because the law firms were not happy that these students were joining on this particular side of this issue. Now, I don't like cancel culture. I don't think 
something that a stupid 20-year-old college student says or signs on to should completely derail their career for the rest of their life. I don't like that. I don't think that should be a consequence, but these people are going to Harvard University. They're supposed to be intelligent. Now, academic performance and intelligence are not a one-to-one comparable ratio. Just because you do well in school, it does not mean that you have the ability to think. But here's the thing. I don't believe that these students actually have strong personal feelings toward Palestine and Israel. I think they sit in a class and professors feed them this bullshit and they've been told to believe it, but they don't actually believe it. And when they get outside of the college, they're going to see that the world is a little bit different than what it was in the vaunted ivory tower of Harvard University. And their opinions are going to change on a great many things. And I don't think these kids should be punished for the rest of their lives. That being said, your actions do have consequences. And maybe this is a good learning moment for these idiots that, you know, just because you're doing well on a test, that doesn't mean that you know how the world works. Doesn't mean that at all. And if you do things that are very far outside of what most people think is normal, you're going to get looked at differently. And you can say that this is a stereotype, but unfortunately, sometimes, or in this case, fortunately, things are true because, or things are a stereotype because they're true. And a lot of people that work in the profession of being a lawyer are Jewish. And if you're trying to get a job at a law firm that's run by a Jewish individual, they're probably not going to be very happy if you come out and say Israel needs to get bombed off the map. And I have an article here from the BBC. An elite law firm has rescinded job offers for three Ivy League students associated with letters that express support for Palestinians and blamed Israel for the Hamas attacks. Davis, Polk, and Wardell said the views are in direct contravention of our firm's value system. It added that student leaders who signed the statement are no longer welcome in our firm. The students who have not been named attend Harvard and Columbia. However, an email sent by a manager managing partner Neil Barr and seen by the BBC indicates that the door has potentially been left open for a reversal of the decision. You know, that's probably not a real high percentage chance that these kids are going to get a job offer, but who knows? It said the firm was talking to two of the students to ensure that any further color being offered to us by these students is considered. I'm not sure why it says color there. That may be a typo, or maybe I just don't understand the reference. This is a, a British newspaper. The decision on Tuesday by the firm, which employs around 1,000 attorneys and has annual revenues of 1.7 billion pounds. Last time I checked, I think the pound was like a dollar sixty, so basically, basically about 2.3 billion U.S. dollars. Comes to the views taken by the U.S. university students about the conflict in the Middle East continue to cause controversy on and off campuses. Uh, by the way, the picture that went with this article is a picture of a pro-Palestinian protest at Harvard University. It's a group of about 30, maybe 40 students. And they've got a big banner in the background that says, Stop the Genocide. But they're supporting a group in Hamas who runs Palestine's government, whose stated goal is the destruction of every Jew on the planet. But of course, they want to stop the genocide by supporting the genocidal maniacs. It's exactly the kind of logic that the liberal elites always employ. And I don't understand how these very, I'm sure these kids consider some very progressive. And it's the one thing that 
kind of makes me back off of my stance that they shouldn't be canceled for this simply because I guarantee you that these little idiots, every time somebody got canceled for something that they felt was wrong, you know, some statement they made 20 years ago, or, you know, we've unearthed footage of so-and-so doing something that, you know, 10 minutes ago we decided was bad. I guarantee you that these little dipshits were 100% behind that person losing their job and their livelihood and getting cast out of society. So I kind of feel like turnabout's fair play, but again, I don't think that cancel culture should be a thing. And we can dig a little deeper into this. Why do very progressive college students back Hamas? It, It runs against everything that the progressive left pretends to support. Hamas does not allow women to have jobs, get education. I mean, they basically have no rights whatsoever. That is 100% diametrically opposed to what the progressive left claims to support. You know, the progressive left is all in behind trans rights, you know, LBGTQ issues. I don't know why I'm having such trouble finding my words at the moment, but But again, that's not what Hamas supports. And uh, there's a gentleman, he's Jewish. I'm sorry, I cannot remember his name off the top of my head, and it's driving me nuts because I've seen a bunch of this guy's videos. But he went to, I think he was in San Francisco. He may have been in L.A., but he was uh, talking to members of the LBGTQ community, and he was asking them how they felt as far as, you know, Palestinian-Israeli relations. And all the ones, and of course he could, you know, edit out anybody that didn't say this, but but all the people he talked to, you know, were backing Palestine. He said, you know, Israel needs to make concessions and they need to, you know, stop being so aggressive toward Palestine, all this stuff, you know, all the things you always hear on the media where, you know, basically, you know, Israel should stop doing this and stop doing that. And nobody ever considers, you know, well, you know, Palestine just randomly fires rockets into the into that country, you know, just hoping they hit and kill somebody, you know, a couple times a week. But anyway, and you know, all these these gay and these lesbians, and I think there was a couple of trans people in there that he was talking to, they were all very firmly in support of Palestine and very critical of Israel. Well, the second half of this video was this individual had went to Palestine and he was talking to religious leaders. People in the government, which I think most of those are religious leaders, they just happen to hold a government office. But he was talking to mullahs, and one of the things that he was asking them was, is if you had a son and your son was gay, how would you approach that situation? Every single one of these Hamas leaders and religious leaders in Palestine, they all said, if your son is gay, you are honor bound to kill him. And again, why does the progressive left support Palestine if that's how they feel? The, Palestine is everything that, or not Palestine, Hamas, is everything that the progressive left claims to support. I'm sorry, I worded that wrong. It's everything that they claim to hate and everything that they, you know, anytime you disagree with a leftist, you know, you're a racist, you're a homophobe, all this stuff. But they'll support Hamas which is just very upfront about we are everything you don't like, but for some reason you're putting your uh, your support behind us. So, you know, thanks for the support. And just in case that wasn't enough insanity, even though it is well known how Hamas views gays, there is an LBGT group that has come out in support of Palestine in this. And, and just what goes on in people's heads? Why would 
an LBGT group support Hamas. It that is that's so illogical that it it hurts my brain to even think about. If you would go to Palestine and hold a pride parade, it would be a bloodbath. There was not a single one of you would survive to get out of that country, but you're supporting them. I don't understand the thought process that people have. It's just ridiculous. And there's a lot of lies about Palestine and Israel that that you hear from professors and, and from the news. I've got an article here I'm going to read, but I don't understand how, if you are gay or lesbian or trans, you could think that anything that goes on from Hamas is something that you should be supportive of. You know, the progressive left, an underlying reality of that whole movement, and they don't put this on the masthead, it's not printed up in the in the mission statement, but a big basis of everything that they do and say is that they are convinced that they're smarter than you. I mean, that's why they feel like they should be in charge. They think that they're the smartest person in the room. And when historians look back on this period of our history, we are going to be considered the dumbest human beings that have ever walked the planet. And it's stuff like this that is going to be the the final argument. You know, you've got an LBGT Q group that's actually supporting somebody that would happily put a bullet in their head if they were in the same room, but they're backing them. But I've got an article here. This is from ABC News, and I'd like for you to listen to some of the wording in this article and tell me if you can maybe guess which side of the fence that these people come down on. As debate rages on campus, Harvard's Palestinian and Jewish students paralyzed by fear. Long a place of political and philosophical debate, college campuses like Harvard University are now at the center of a controversial debate in the war in Israel and bombing of Gaza. Harvard students told ABC News their campus is divided and people are scared in the aftermath of the breakout of the Israel-Hamas war. Student groups led by the Palestinian Solidarity Committee issued a statement on the conflict saying the Israel regime is entirely responsible for all unfolding violence. Today's events did not occur in a vacuum. For the last two decades, millions of Palestinians in Gaza have been forced to live in an open-air prison. Israeli officials promised to open the gates of hell, and the massacres in Gaza have already commenced. That is an interesting way to describe retaliatory strikes to try to save hostages taken by Gaza. Palestinians in Gaza have no shelters for refuge and nowhere to escape. In the coming days, Palestinians will be forced to bear the full brunt of Israel's violence, and the Harvard student group said in their statement last week. Now, the open-air prison statement really aggravates me because that's one of the things that I've heard a bunch of times in recent months is that you know, Palestinians can't leave. They're just trapped there. Again, that's half right. Palestinians cannot leave Palestine except to travel into Israel. They can't go anywhere else because the Muslim countries that surround them won't let them leave. Uh, Egypt actually built a wall, and maybe some of these self-righteous Harvard students could go over to Egypt and explain to them that a wall never kept anybody out. So I'm not sure why, again, the illogic thinking that people put on display, you know, walls don't keep anybody out, but the Palestinians are trapped and they have nowhere to go. But like I said, Palestinians can travel into Israel. A lot of Palestinians work in Israel. That's their daily commute. If they're not allowed to leave Palestine, how are they getting to work every day?
but that's a running theme in the mainstream media. It, it's always everything that they talk about with Israel or Palestine. It's always shaded toward Palestine. When Palestine attacks Israel and Israel retaliates, there's never any discussion of the initial attacks that led to the violence. It's always what Israel is doing in response to what Gaza did. And I'm not sure why the left has decided they hate Israel so much. Now, I've got a theory, and that theory is simply that the progressive left hates the United States. They hate everything we stand for. For some reason, they are just offended that a capitalistic democracy has been able to survive in the world, and they want the U.S. to be destroyed. And the reason that that sentiment relates to Israel is that Israel has always been very closely tied to the West. Uh, it's a, sort of a Western-style culture in the middle of the middle, sitting right square in the middle of the Middle East. And I think that just because the left sort of views Israel as almost a proxy of the United States, I may not be wording that perfectly, but I think that a lot of the ire toward Israel comes from they sort of see Israel as an extension of the United States. So they have to hate that almost as much as they hate the U.S. And it's just so strange to me that all I've heard from the news media is, is you know, the, the rise of anti-Semitism. But then anytime Israel defends themselves or responds to an attack, you just you just pile on them and tell them they shouldn't do that. And I saw a story, I think I was it was on CNN. They had like two or three talking heads that were just going after the Iron Dome. You know, Israel has the Iron Dome, and it's not fair, and you know, they should they should dismantle that. Well, the reason they have an Iron Dome is to shoot down the rockets that are coming into the country. You know, they didn't just put that in there to be a bully. It's a defensive system. It's there to shoot down incoming rockets. Uh, it does a pretty good job. Obviously, no system's going to be perfect, but that's there for a reason, and they have to use it. Because the countries around them want to destroy them. Now, I am not Jewish. I do not think that we should help Israel in any way we can out of a religious responsibility. I just feel like that we should support Israel because that is the only country in that region that is not run by people that are completely batshit crazy. They're the only reasonable, logical people in that part of the world, and we need to make sure that they have everything they need to keep pretty much every surrounding country off of their back. I'm not sure why that is a political statement. That just seems like, you know, you've got a country, they should have the right to defend themselves. But I would like to pose a question. If any of my viewers, I'm sorry, any of my listeners are Jewish, and surely somebody is a member of the tribe that listens to this show, uh, particularly if you live in the United States or North America, I want to know why it seems to me that if you're Jewish and you're living in the United States, you would feel a very strong kinship to Israel. And maybe I'm off base on that. I didn't grow up around a lot of Jewish people. There's, there were Jewish people in the town I grew up in, but very few. It was a small town in Appalachia. You, you, most people were Protestant, but, they, but there were Jews in Bluefield. But I've never had a discussion with a Jewish person concerning this. And I just, I feel like that a Jewish person in North America would feel a strong kinship to Israel, but most Jewish people vote Democrat, and the Democrats show almost a disdain for Israel, and they have my entire life. And it just seems like there's a disconnect there that I don't understand why that's not 
more of a big deal in a Jewish community. Um, so, so please, if you listen, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, please get in touch with me. And I'm not judging or wanting to to argue with anybody. I just, I, I legitimately want to know your feelings on this because it's sort of outside my realm of experience. And I'd, I'd like to know your thoughts. So, so again, please, if you're uh, Jewish and you live in North America and you listen to me, get in touch with me. I'd love to have a discussion with somebody about this. And there's one last little wrinkle concerning this whole mess that I'd like to discuss. And it's something that the mainstream media has been very quiet about. They don't want to give this any publicity whatsoever. Uh, have you heard that Greta Thunberg has stuck her toe into this whole mess? Uh, she posted something on her Twitter or Instagram. I forget which one it was, but she posted something in support of Palestine in this whole thing. Now she has since deleted that because she's getting some pushback for the first time in her life. You know, Greta Thunberg is sort of the prophet of the climate change mob. And she has enjoyed something that very few people get. And that's just, you know, she's saying things that are very popular among a certain sect of people. And she has just been touted as this, as this great speaker and this political leader of this movement. And I've never thought anything of Greta Thunberg. I think she's talking out of her ass. She has been since she burst onto the scene, but everybody has just heaped all kinds of love and respect on this little arrogant, spoiled brat that's made quite a bit of money just running her mouth saying things that are politically acceptable. But now she's kind of overstepped the bounds, and that's what happens when people never get any pushback. They think they can say whatever they want, and everybody's going to love it. Uh, But she has tangentially supported Palestine. Again, I'm not sure what a girl from the Netherlands really should have any strong opinions about stuff going on in the Middle East anyway, or at least not to be considered an expert at it. But she's getting some pushback for the first time in her young life, and I am enjoying every single second of it. Again, I think it's interesting that ABC and NBC and CNN, they are absolutely treating this as something that didn't happen. You know, a lot of times when something that goes against their narrative happens, you'll find stories on these on these incidences, but it's always them trying to debunk or, or tamp down anything. They're saying absolutely nothing about Greta Thunberg opening her mouth and saying something stupid. Not that she hadn't been saying something stupid for the last 10 or 15 years, but I'm going to speak to Greta Thunberg someday. And this is not just idle chatter. I absolutely mean this. And you know, she said 10 years ago that the world was going to be destroyed. They always say 10 years or 12 years. Well, you know, you said that 10 years ago, Greta, but we're still here. Now, I've got about 20 years on, left on this planet. I might make it to 2050, but I'm going to track that little winch down at some point. 20 years in the future and everything's exactly the same as it is. I'm going to say, you know, we're, can you admit you were wrong? Can you admit that when you were 14 and you were standing in front of the UN shouting, how dare you, that, that you were just speaking out of your ass and you didn't know what was going on. I have the perspective that comes with being alive for a while, and I have heard this crap since the early 80s. I was probably hearing it earlier than that and just don't remember it. But I've been told that we have 10 years left to go for the last 40 years of my life. Now, if you can do a little bit of math, 40 years is a hell of a lot longer than 10 and everything is pretty much exactly the same as it was when I was 
five years old and going to elementary school. It gets cold and snows in the winter. It gets hot in the summer. Spring and fall are nice, except in the area I'm at in the spring, it rains a shit ton. A lot of times you can't go out and enjoy the warmer weather. But the planet's doing what it's always done. You know, you'll have a 10-year span where it's a little bit colder than it was, and then you'll have a 10-year span where it's a little bit warmer than it was. And the funny thing is, is if you listen to the climatologist during those peaks and valleys in the warm and the cold cycle, what they say is going to happen literally is based on what it's doing when they look out the front door every morning. In the cold spells, you start hearing people talk about all the ice ages coming back. The ice age never left. We're still in an ice age. But they'll start talking about all the next ice ages coming, the next ice ages coming. And then when you're in those warm periods, oh, it's global warming. We're all going to die in a fiery flood. And, you know, the planet has done this for the last four and a half billion years. There's little to nothing we can do to push it one way or the other. It is the hubris of the human mind that looks at anything different and just assumes, oh, my God, what have we done? Well, we haven't done anything. You remember when the ozone layer was just this huge thing? Oh, we've discovered a hole in the ozone layer over Antarctica. You don't hear about that anymore, do you? That's because we discovered that that hole is just there. Sometimes it's bigger. Sometimes it's smaller. But that just that should show you how we look at things. We discovered the hole in the ozone. We didn't know it was there, and then we found it. It's not that they had done just extensive studies on this ozone layer that completely covered Antarctica, and then one day there was a hole. No, we discovered that there was a hole there and immediately started trying to figure out how we caused it. That's not science. And I can excuse it if when it, the information comes in that, well, no, we didn't cause it. That's just how the ozone layer works. If that story would come out, but what makes it diabolical, what makes it malicious is these people never say we were wrong. This is how it works. Uh, sorry for scaring the shit out of everybody. Aquanet, we apologize for the drop in your stock prices. No, they just plow right on to the next thing. And I apologize for going on the big anti-environmentalist rant, but I'm sure you've figured out by now that this is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine, but but ladies and gentlemen, that is about all I've got for you today. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, thank you so much for sitting with me this long. As always, I appreciate your time. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can reach me at freshfrozensoutherner at gmail.com or you can go to the Fresh Frozen Southerner Facebook page and leave me a message. All right, guys, I appreciate it. Have a good night and we will talk again very soon. Thank you very much.